Hey, Phil. Hey, Senda. You want to talk about immersion and staying in character? Wait, I, I need to look something up. And then I need to roll. Hang on, hang on. I got to roll. Wait, I'm almost there. Uh-huh. And then I need to roll some dice. Okay, there, there. Uh, cue music. And welcome to Pandas Talking Games. I'm one of your hosts, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda. And for tonight's topic, we have a question from Pterodactyl U on Twitter, who asked, how do you balance immersion with mechanics so that encountering a mechanic doesn't feel interruptive? It's an awesome question. It's a fantastic um, question. It's one that we've unpacked before on the Misdirected Mark. True. Um, which we're going to unpack to a certain extent here tonight. And the key word is going to be balance. How do we balance these things? Because you're never going to achieve absolute immersion. Right. So basically, to get this kicked off, I'm going to talk about keeping immersion. Sweet. And uh, I'm going to talk about lessening the disruption of mechanics. Right. But before we can actually do that, first, we're going to slip over to our definition panda so that he can tell us a bit about immersion in mechanics and a little thing we like to call levels of play. All right. So uh, tonight we are going to talk about two definitions. Uh, The first one is immersion, right? Immersion, deep mental involvement. Right. I like that. That's um, yeah. And we're going to expand upon that a little and talk about character immersion. Right. This is the act of getting into the minds of our character. Right. Playing them in first person rather than third person. Right. Like kind of really immerse ourselves and get behind their eyes. There's a GM immersion, but I will argue that a GM immersion is never as deep as a player immersion, because uh, as we have talked about before, GM is doing uh, eight different things. Eight different things Uh, at any one time. So it does actually limit your immersion. But to jump back to the character part, character immersion is is a is the part where you're speaking in character, uh, you're feeling their emotions, right? So maybe like a little bleed uh, yep. might be occurring. You're definitely planning as your character, right? So if you're if the walls are closing in on you, like either you know metaphorically or not, you know the wheels are turning in your own head about how you're going to get your character, you know, how you're going to get yourself out of this. Yep. And you stop really thinking about the meta elements of the game, right? So you stop thinking about bonuses and things like that because you're just kind of in that immersive moment of being your character. Yeah. And those moments are are cool as hell, right? So when all that's happening, the the game table kind of drops away and you just like for those moments, you are like there, right? You are mentally yeah. you are mentally that character. Which I think is a thing that, as every role player, once you've experienced it, right? Like, it's a very, very potent feeling. Yeah, and then you chase it. And then you end up playing emotional games, like <laughs> me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, that's definitely a route you can go, right? As, and we'll talk a little bit about that um, later in the episode. But, yeah, that immersive feeling is a thing that some people really, really enjoy, and do go to the extent of chasing it by trying to get more and more immersive moments in play. Um, I know a couple game groups that focus primarily on immersive <laughs> play. Like they actually work very hard to not break character and things like that once they start playing. 
Oh, um, that's not actually us. No, that's but not we your... we end up our scenes while they last are actually extremely immersive, and then when we break out of them, then we're like hee 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 whatever. But the when, when we go back in, we're like really there. Yeah, no, I know a few groups that actually pride themselves on like you know once they start playing, like until they take a break, like they are their characters. Wow, that's intense. Yeah, I gotta I gotta have breathing room. Uh, Interesting. I, well, I think it depends. Like they're playing D and D. Yeah, it depends on yeah, it depends on what kind of game you're playing. Yeah, yeah. So they're playing D and D where there's like a you know the pressure is not quite as like quite as intense at times. Right. Okay. So anyway, so what is immersion doing for us? Because there need there has to be a reason why we chase it, right? Immersion um, often creates a higher level of emotional connection to the game, and it's hard to generate this kind of experience in other forms of gaming, right? Like yeah. you don't get this. You don't get this moving the medic around the board in Pandemic. Uh-uh. Right? Like, no matter how intense and fun Pandemic is, and I, I do love me some Pandemic, it's not the same as an immersive character moment. No. It's or tense, it like, it's, it's tense and it's exciting, but yeah. it's not the same. It's actually, I think, one of the things that I feel like I can't get this from video games, and it's part of the reason I love playing games, so it's the reason I'm addicted to tabletop RPGs specifically. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true, right? I think there's a level of this you can get in a role-playing game, but in a role-playing game, you are always a passenger yeah. in a video in a role-playing video game. I'm sorry. Game, in a yeah. video yeah, game. In a video game, yeah. Yeah, you are always a passenger, even if it's like, you know, even if it's something with a lot of RP in it. You're still a passenger and just picking, you know, word choices. Yeah. Right. It's just, it's not the same as being a character. Okay. So. Yeah. So for sure, that level of character immersion is a very magical thing. And I think it is actually something that is unique to tabletop RPGs. I don't think it is easily emulated anywhere else. Yeah. Maybe outside of theater. Yeah. Theater would be the other place, right? Because yeah. that's the place where the Venn diagram of those two things kind of butt up yes. against each other. Yep. <laughs> cool. All right. So the other Good. thing I want to bring up is the concept of layers. Now, if you want to really get into this, I'm going to talk about it a little, but if you hear this and you're like, well, that's pretty interesting. That's pretty interesting. I, I want to know more about it. Go check out Misdirected Mark episode 209 called Layers of the Game. Okay. So briefly, what layers are is they're mental locations where you focus on during different parts of the game. Right. And, and not, not that this is inclusive, but here are some of the levels. So one, you can, uh, you can be at the character level, which I think is the most immersive level, right? Cause right. you are just embodying one character. You can be at the group level, like where you're thinking about not so much your individual character, but you're kind of thinking about the group as a whole. There's the game slash mechanical level, right? This is where, where we want, we are, we worry about like, do we have an attack of opportunity? Are we flanked? Should I spend a Benny? Yes. Right. Then there is uh, the story level, mm-hmm. right? The story levels where you're now not so much concerned about the, the game and the character, but you're kind of like seeing the story and then the campaign level, right? Where you're kind of like thinking about just the campaign in general, uh, the shape of the campaign. And then finally, like the personal level where you're like, I'm thirsty. I'd like some more chips. When is the pizza <laughs> getting here? Like my day sucked at work. I hope that I, I hope that I hope that like something, you know, comes around the corner that I can stick my axe into those kinds of things. Yes. Okay. And, and our, and, and what happens is that our focus shifts through all of those, like all the time when we're playing. 
And when we talk about keeping immersion, we're trying to limit ourselves into character and group levels right like we want to be thinking about our character and we want to be thinking about the group and we really don't want to push too much beyond that because that is um, that's where we get the most feeling like our character right when we're worrying about the group and when we're worrying about ourselves cool yeah okay yeah good so what i want to want us to do now is to kind of talk about those two points which is you're going to talk about keeping immersion, right? So how do we stay immersed as much as possible? Yep. And then I'm going to talk about um, the inevitability of when mechanics come into the game, what do you do to kind of minimize the disruption that mechanics create? Like, what do we do to minimize that shift in focus? Or more importantly, how do we get that shift back? Yeah, back to the immersion. So, yeah, so first off, keeping immersion. One thing that we just kind of have to accept about sitting at the table is that it's impossible to remain in that immersed space at all times because inevitably there is something that is going to draw our attention out of the character level. And that might just be that like your phone buzzed or the pizza came, or it might be that you need to engage with the mechanics and see how to come to a resolution for a thing that you can't just, you know, role play through, right? Like, does this work hit? I don't know. Like we could just make a role play decision, but then you're probably not engaging the mechanics of the game, right? So, so that's the first thing is like, at some point, something is going to get you out and it's easier to just kind of like make those transitions smooth, right? So that when you, you go into immersion and then when you have to come back that you can just as smoothly and quickly as possible transition right back into your immersive space, right? So what we're really going for in terms of keeping immersion is not one continuous long immersed experience, but rather actually smooth moments of immersion punctuated by the other levels that you can switch into seamlessly um, and then back out of seamlessly when you need to so that you just go into that immersed space really easily um, instead of kind of fighting to get back into it, right? Um, So here's a couple of tips for doing that. Uh, One of them is if you are in an immersive space or somebody at the table is in an immersive space, instead of breaking character to blurt out things that you might want to mention on a personal or player level, you can actually write that stuff down and then wait for a break to bring it up or talk about it, right? Yeah, the idea, the idea with that being that inevitably when you're playing, like you will wind up having like spontaneous ideas, right? Like so Always, yeah. You, like you're sitting around the table and you're like, oh shit, I got to tell somebody about that Steven Universe episode, right? <laughs> and so what happened is at that moment, you just shifted, right? You just shifted from the character level all the way out to personal, right? Yep. Now, your urge is, because here's the thing psychologically, memory isn't great, right? So we don't hold on to things well. Yes. So our fear now becomes, I really want to tell them about this. I'm going to forget to tell them. So I need to blurt it out now so that I don't forget. Yes. So instead... (laughs) So instead... When you offload that information onto something that is more reliable than your memory, such as an index card, yes. then your brain goes, oh, good, you've done something about that. I can relax now. And then you can push yourself back uh, into that immersive space. Right. I mean, the, the other thing that, that actually happens a lot at my table that works really well for us is that um, we tend to play games with distinct scenes. And so once we're in a scene, we are all very focused. 
but scenes come to logical conclusions, and at, at the logical conclusion of the scene, we all kind of just jump right into player level, we make a bunch of comments, we giggle a bunch, and then we figure out what that next scene is, and we go right back into it, right? So um, I think there is also something to be said, not only for, like, writing it down so that you remember it for later, but also for, like, having those moments when you know you're going to have the opportunity to share those things, so you're not trying to hold on to it for like two hours straight. Yep, absolutely. Which ties into another thing, which is basically like have set and known breaks, so like have expectations about when immersion is going to break. And whether that means like we know that we're going to take a 15-minute break every hour or in the middle of the game or whatever, or if it means something a little bit more amorphous, like it means for my table, which is like at the end of a scene, we don't expect you to continue to be immersed. Like be yourself and be goofy, and then we'll go back to the series stuff in a second as soon as we lay it out right either way that's some expectations about when you are going to be in the character level and when you are going to be able to be at kind of whatever other layer makes the most sense to be in for you and, and have all those personal comments uh, yeah i think i think at those moments when you don't know when the break is coming there right. is like that layer of anxiety as well right that's when it's like write it down <laughs> like you definitely want to write it down right and then yeah but then you're also like oh like well here's the thing right if we talk about bodily needs, right? So I might be thirsty. I might have to pee, something like that. If I know that the end of the scene means that we're going to pop out of immersion and we're going to like, you know, hit personal space or whatever, yeah, then I can be like, okay, yes, I'm thirsty. I don't have to do anything about it right now. I will take care of that when we hit the break. Yep. And that, that is exactly what I find happens where I'm like, Oh, I need to go to the bathroom. Yeah. But I'm going to stick it out through the end of this scene. And then when we break this scene, we're like, oh, man, that was a really good scene. Cool. I'm going to run to the bathroom real fast. You guys figure out the next scene. I'll be right back. Exactly. Right. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. That's I think it's really good when you have those expected breaks. Sometimes I will just announce an upcoming break. Yeah. During it, like a scene like, hey, we're going to play out the scene and then, you know, we'll take a break. I do that especially at one at like convention games, right? Like, hey, we're going to finish up character creation, then we're going to take a break. I that doesn't always, really have to do with immersion, but I always yes. do it like that. <laughs> I do the same thing. And then I almost always have one more break during my... I usually have a break right before the set piece. Yeah, I've been running a lot of turning points, so... For turning uh, point, I take a break after... Um, a couple Turn of three. scenes, depending on how, Scene three. like it's either two or three, depending on how long it's been taking us. Yep. So, okay, cool. Yeah. Any? Um, Sorry, <laughs> no, sorry. Right. We'll talk about. We'll um, talk about. Yeah, yeah, point later. We'll talk about that. Keep talking in character. So the more you talk in the first person, the easier it is to maintain and then jump back into immersion, right? Mm -hmm. Because you are speaking in that from that space. Um, and uh, another one is to have a table ritual for starting the game or restarting the game after breaks that is kind of the signal to everyone that you're jumping back into that space, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I've done table rituals before, which, you know, uh, my big die is yep. one of them, right? The big die yeah. goes on the table. We all stop. We all stop talking. Yeah, that helps a lot in creating uh, expectations, right? Because immersion's a lot of expectation management. Right. It really is. It really, really is. And that's, it's interesting because like when we say table rituals, like you have some very actual, like you put a big die on the table and that is the ritual. We have some that are like much more amorphous, but like things that always happen, like, you know, when gets out his iPad and we're all like, okay, cool. We're going to play now. Like, it's like, it's just like the, the unspoken signals, like everybody's there or whatever. So yeah, it's interesting, but useful. 
Anyway, tell me about how you can mitigate mechanical disruption. Right. So inevitably, right, we're playing we're playing a role-playing game, which means that we're playing a game. So we will inevitably encounter mechanics. And mechanics will always shift us out of one space into another, right? We will move from one level to another. Without, it yes. Just, you cannot. Yeah. You know, because... Because, you know, Rogar the Barbarian doesn't know that uh, they have a three, a plus three modifier, right? Like, you know that Rogar has a plus three modifier. So immediately you're kind of shifting around. Okay. Yeah. So really what we want to do is we want to make our mechanical disruptions the least disruptive as possible, right? Because the more disruptive it is, the way harder it's going to be to get back to an immersive space. Yes. Um, and the longer our disruption is, the less immersive space we have through the course of a game. Yeah, and the less time you just have to be in that space because you're spending your time in other spaces. Exactly. So a lot of these tips are going to sound familiar because we've talked about them in other places, but I'm going to repeat some of them. Yeah. Uh, the first one is rules mastery, right? The better you know the rules for the game, the less you have to dig around and rule and look them up the more you can just say what needs to be done. And that shortens that it shortens that mechanical disruption, right? Yeah. Makes it very small. So the better you understand your rules, the quicker you can move through them. Now there's a limit to how many rules you will know off the top of your head, but your core mechanic, your combat system, skill checks and things like that should all be the kinds of things that you can do that with. Now, if you're playing a new game, this is a like when you play a new game, it's really hard to get into character because you are spending so much time wrangling the rules to the game. Yeah. Okay, cool. The next one is rules prep. So going off of what I said, if you already know that your session is going to take place on an icy bridge over water, then it might behoove you as a little prep to mark off or copy the rules for falling Mm-hmm. Sliding Swim. on ice and swimming, swimming. and drowning and, and drowning <laughs> might behoove you to flag those and either copy them, copy the text and put them into your prep, or put a couple index cards or something into your rule book so that when you hit one of these, you're not stopping, picking up the book, looking through the table of contents, checking the index, flipping pages, reading the text, right? Like, do your prep. Yep. Um, now that will you will never cover all circumstances, but for sure you will know the obvious ones, right? So yep. you will know if you're if you will know if you prepped an icy bridge over a river, and if you did, you should know you should have down all of those things. Now again, yes. any of those that you have mastered, like if you have done a like you know previously you ran an, a sea campaign. And you've got swimming and drowning down to a science. Well, then that's your rules mastery. Yep, you're good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But you may still need to look up falling and and ice or whatever. Okay. The other one, next one is if you get stuck, make a ruling, keep moving. Right? This is the equivalent of keep talking in character. The GM version of this is make a ruling, keep the game moving. Don't derail the game. Don't go checking the internet. Don't call up your buddy. Just be like, Mm -hmm. well... I can't seem to find the rule handily and let's get back to playing. So I'm just, we're going to do X. Yep. Done. I like that one. That's the no dead air. It's the no dead air and your table. No rule. dead air at your table. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. Next one, handouts and cheat sheets. 
Handouts and cheat sheets will even help you even more because if you put information down on a piece of paper, no one has to talk about it. So while you won't be completely immersed as a person reading it, you can maintain the illusion of immersion because you can only speak as your character, right? But while being able to scan the table to look up stuff. Yep. Now, if you are a GM, there's going to be a certain amount of cheat sheets you're going to want to have. If you're a player, there'll be some generic cheat sheets. Like if you're playing like Dungeon World, you might have... um, The moves. Thank you, the moves. But if you're playing something like D&D, things like spell cards or for Dungeon Crawl Classics, there's an app that will help you roll your spells on the spell tables and things like that. Like those kinds of like handouts and cheat sheets and stuff specific to what a player needs is yeah. will go a long way to help a player stay in that immersive space. Yeah. Okay. Finally, my last tip, which goes back to something you said earlier, yes. play lighter mechanical games. If you are really all about immersion and you want the least mechanical disruptions, inevitably you will drift towards more story-based games that are far less mechanically cumbersome and far more streamlined because they allow you to stay in kind of an immersive space far longer because there are far less mechanics to interact with. Yes. And I will say that one of my favorites is Swords Without Master. Um, yeah. Which, if you can achieve rules mastery around the table, like you need all the players on board, if you can achieve rules mastery around the table, you don't even have to stop and talk about the mechanics. Yeah, that's beautiful. (laughs) Because the mechanics of that game are all ritualized about holding dice, rolling dice, and passing dice. And you don't have to talk about those things. Um, Yeah. A table that has achieved rules master and swords without master can just tell a tale and at the same and in real time communicate through the passing and rolling of dice what's going on in in the scenes. Yeah. I have really good. I have not actually experienced that yet. It's very difficult. There sounds amazing. There was a point when I was running it on Sunday mornings where Chris, Glenn, Bob, and I had kind of gotten to that level for a little bit. It is truly a piece of work. Like you wind up having to say very little and just let the just move the dice around and make things happen. Yeah, you just have to say it's this kind of scene. It's this kind of scene. It's that kind of scene. Hard, just barely. Like I was doing even it with that. the. I just put the cards on the table. You know my oh, my geez, cheat sheet yeah. cards. Yeah. So I didn't even have to say like it was a <sighs> perilous scene. I would just put the perilous card on the table, pick up the dice, and start. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. I can't Beautiful. do it now, and you need all your players to be on board. Like the GM cannot do that by themselves. No, no, you absolutely can't. Okay. Anyway, cool. Um, so when we uh, get around to talking about my Sunday morning uh, story group, um, mm-hmm. we have clearly reached the end of our um, episode. And before we uh, depart this episode, you're going to tell me about the flagship show on the Misdirected Mark <laughs> Network. So on the Misdirected Mark podcast, Chris, Phil, and Bob go live every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. the Queen's time, by the way, to break down and get inside games, game mastering, playing games, and game design in an effort to entertain and inform you. Say, Senda, where can people reach us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pandas Talk Games. You will... 
after QCC, probably be able to get us on the forums. We'll keep you up to date on those. Or you can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they find us in one of those places, what can they do with that information? Please, 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 please send us topics, uh, just like Pterodactyl you did uh, today. We exist almost exclusively. I say almost. We ex- exist, exist 95%. almost 95%. 95% yeah. on your topics. We love getting them. We love doing them. And we love talking about the things that you find interesting. So by all means, please keep sending them uh, to us. I'm pretty crafty. I can make a show out of pretty much anything at this point. So um, True facts. You got a game. You got a game question. We got we got answers for it. So send those along. If you like what we do here elsewhere on the Mistractor Mark Network, you can back our Patreon campaign. Patrons of uh, the Mistractor Mark get the bonus outtakes from the show, the after show from the Mistractor Mark, access to our Slack room for life, get to hang out with us on our Minecraft server, uh, of which is growing. Um, Recently back up and running, too. Yeah, back up and running. New world. New, new world. mod pack. New mod yeah. pack. New world. It's exciting. Do you get a bunch of other stuff for hanging out with us? And occasionally, our patrons get things that get published by Encoded Designs. For instance, <laughs> um, they all may be getting a game very soon because very soon. they were Exciting. You know, cool patrons. Exciting. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, that's exciting stuff. We love them. And we also like to shout out to them, a few of them on each show. Senda, who are we shouting out to tonight? Well, tonight we have Donnie Harville, the Lord of the Slack Room. Joseph Perlotta, thank you so much. And the Closet Gamer, awesome. Thank you so much. Throw that door open, Closet Gamer. (laughs) Come out of the closet. Out of the closet. And game with us. Have gamer pride. It's true. Hey, if you're back in the Patreon campaign, which is awesome, or you're unable to back the Patreon campaign, which is totally understandable, what's the other thing you can do that uh, helps the show immensely, makes us so happy, uh, and is like if somebody um, soaked all our bamboo in in rum? (laughs) Wow. Well, you could leave us a review on the Apple Podcast or the Podcatcher of your choice. Every new review we get really does actually help new people find the show which is fantastic and makes us super duper happy. If you leave it somewhere that is not the U.S. Apple podcast store, let us know because there's lots of places it can be and no way to really track them all. And we would love to see it because it makes us really warm and fuzzy inside like eating rum dipped bamboo, apparently. Yeah. Who wouldn't like rum dipped bamboo? I mean, just a couple of drunken pandas rolling around, I guess. Anyway, say Phil. Show me how you are working to keep the mechanical disruption down in your new Forbidden Lands game. Um, yeah. Well, I, you know what? I did a lot of uh, I did a lot of This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Show me what you got. Hey, show me what you got. Show me what you got. Hey, show me what you got. Show me what you got. Show me what you got. Okay, clicky, clicky, clicky. Good. <laughs> All right, can I tell you about my? Can I tell you about these shitty headphones? Yes. I mean, okay. I've heard about them before, but please I know. tell me more. I hate these headphones, right? Because of the ones that came with my um, Samsung Galaxy a couple of years ago. Oh. 
And <laughs> okay, that um, explains a lot. Yeah, I do. I just hate them. Like, I honestly, I don't why I don't just buy like a ten dollar pair of Skull Candies or something like right, twenty dollars. Skull I, Candies. I always assume that you just bought some cheap headphones and they weren't didn't come out the way you no, wanted them they to. Came or something. With the, no, they came with the phone. They have the little clicky thing on it. You know, like the thing. To, yeah. Right. Oh but I don't, no! I just pulled a sneezeack. What'd you do? My phone went off. Ugh. Sorry. Carry on. Killing my killing my story here. <laughs> Tell your story. Anyway, um, so anyway, so I, so that I don't lose track of them, I keep them in that um, little topo pouch that you mm-hmm. got me. Mm-hmm. Um, and but from time to time, like when I pull them out or something, like one of the cushions will come off the earbud. Right. So uh, that's what happened. I pulled out my earbuds, and uh, one of the cushions fell off, and I caught it, and I was like, "All right, I get this thing back on." So like, you know, like. It's not that hard to put these cushions on. And and these earbuds are weird. They're like round with this like little bit that sticks up because it goes in your ear. Yeah, they're real strange. <laughs> yeah. like And so you just have to like line up the cushion correctly so that the little bit that sticks up goes with the little bit of the cushion that sticks up. Boom. And it's on. All right. Anyway. So I'm like, I'm fucking, I'm fucking wrestling this fucking um, cushion back on the earbud. Like, I mean, like fighting it, like pulling and twisting and pushing. And like, finally, I get it on. And I realize it's like, well, it's the left earbud, which I don't wear in my ear because that's where the microphone is. Yeah. Right? So, um, and I don't wear two earbuds because I'm in the basement. If I wear two earbuds, I can't hear the ambient noise in the house. And then I just like start yelling, right? Right. Like, because it's super loud in my basement while the kids are sleeping. Yes. Right. So I always leave one earbud out. Anyway, so now I'm like, okay, I'm like, cool. I just need to put the right earbud in. And then I pick up the right earbud and there's (laughs) no cover on it. And I'm like, son of a bitch. I'm like, did I, is it, I'm like, is it in the topo pouch? So I like look in the topo pouch and there's nothing in the topo pouch. And I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to put the left one in and I'll just, you know, I'll deal with it. But I go to put the left one in and it won't fit in my ear. Like it keeps falling out. And I suddenly realize I have put both covers on top of each other. On the left one. Uh huh. Yeah, I like literally fought the right cover onto the left one over the other cover. Uh huh. Yeah. So, um, no, I don't know how I didn't see the cover, but like, I, I, I that's, that's, I, I can hate these. I hate these earbuds so much. Next holiday, I'm just going to buy you new headphones. I just, I. Just need like, I don't even need anything fancy. Like I just use them for this podcast and misdirected mark. I just keep one in my ear. I know one terrible, uncomfortable headphone that you despise I in your s- ear I, I all the time. I love this. Why? Ear. Can you I do t- this twice a week? I know. Can I tell you even the worst part? Yes. It's what? not like I have to go anywhere to get earbuds. <laughs> if I walked across campus to the campus bookstore. Yeah. There's like a skull candy display case full of, <laughs> of, of like low end earbuds. Like I could solve this problem in like a in like a six minute walk. <laughs> like I'm so dumb. Like I, I don't understand. I don't know. This? I just I literally have this hang up where I'm like, oh, it seems so frivolous to spend like what but like I buy dumber shit like every day. Bloop. <laughs> anyway. 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 You want to do a show? Yeah, we should do a show. Oh, let me like... do let me just do a thing real quick. Oh, do a thing. Bloop. Uh, hey folks. Um, if you are listening, um, we are gearing up for QCC, which means we are doing two shows. Yep. Uh, but surprise, surprise, we are not 
doing grab bags. We're actually going to do uh, two individual shows tonight, but it does mean that the shows are going to be a little shorter. Yep. Uh, and um, a little tighter because uh, they need one, they need to be edited before QCC, but also Sunday's on semi vacation. Yeah. Um, and I'm, doesn't want to spend I'm, her whole vacation editing. I mean, I'm sitting in a cabin. I roasted marshmallows tonight, which we'll talk about that later. But like, I'm just hoping that the sound of the river running by outside is not picking up on the mic. By the way, when you mean later, we're going to talk about that in the next episode. Yeah, in like half an hour. I know, because people are going to get confused. Nonlinear oh, okay. podcasting. Well, nonlinear podcasting. It's going to be on the B show. Right. Okay. This is you ready? the A show. You ready to light this, you ready to light this A show up? <laughs> yes. All right, let's do this. <laughs> okay. Meow. Meow. Bloop. By the way, on my other show, yeah, I got this awesome bumper. <laughs> Whatever. I'm not putting I do in your definition, bumper. When I do no. definition panda, it's nope. pretty nope. awesome. I mean, I've heard it. Do you need a bumper? No, no, I have it. Like, I have have my own I'm going to make you like a silly, weird panda-sounding bumper for the panda show. What do do pandas sound like? (laughs) I don't know, but we may have to look it up now. It's going to be like crunch, crunch, crunch. Yeah, I like like my own better. Okay, anyway. (laughs) The mothership, so to speak. The mothership? I don't know. I'm not on it. I don't know if I want. I, I, it's hard to call it the flagship. Like I don't, I don't know if it's. I, uh, I mean, it's the one that the it's the one namesake. we named the we, we named the thing after. About <laughs> the namesake. Yeah, the namesake. <laughs> Tell me about the misdirected mark. <laughs> on the misdirected on the misdirected mark, Chris, Phil, and Bob go live every Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern to break down and get inside panties. <laughs> panty mastering. <laughs> Uh, playing panties uh-huh. and panty design in an effort to entertain and inform you. That may be the best one. That ever. one just wrote itself. Just remove one word. <laughs> just just one word. Just, just one word. The just whole word. show takes on a whole new meaning. Wow. Anyway, <laughs> get us out of here. Oh yeah, the other thing. I'm hey, like, what sorry. is happening? I was jumping to the end of the show. I forgot there's that other part. I'm going to tell you something that just like I was just holding on to. Like your video froze about three minutes into the show and it hasn't moved since. So I know, if you were I making tell. faces at me, I can't see that. Nope, I, I can see it as well. It froze. It's, it's kind of a stupid face too. It's, I was like in the middle of saying something. I'm like, mm. yes. anyway. Okay, um, sorry. Bloop. Yeah, um, you did. I did, you did. I, and I reread the rules, and I got. Uh, oh, and I, I I found some handouts that other people had made. Anyway, so I got some handouts together and show me. Show what me you what got. you got. Show me what you got. Show me what you got. This is way longer than it was supposed to be. Thirty-seven minutes. Don't give me hell no. for two minutes. You said no. thirty-five minutes end to end. I was true, but we were talking about thirty minutes. So okay, we're good. You said thirty-five minutes total audio. Thirty-seven minutes is not terrible. Say goodbye to everybody. Okay, okay, okay bye. Bye. Stop.